0: Then in return, Antinous spoke to him, giving an answer. What is the God who has brought this pain, this spoiler of dinner? Stand as you are in the middle, and stay there away from my table, lest you soon should arrive in a sorrier Egypt or Cyprus. Such is the bold-faced beggar you are, so utterly shameless. One man after another, you stand beside all, and they give you recklessly, idly, For no restraint do they feel, nor compunction, favoring you with another man's goods, since each has plenty. Drawing away, thus answered Odysseus of many devices, Oh, what a shame! Your mind is no match for your outward appearance. From your own household you would not even give salt to your servant. You who now sit at another man's table and yet cannot bear to break off a morsel of bread to give me when there is such plenty. So he spoke. In his heart was antinous even more wrathful, looking from lowering brows, and in these winged words he addressed him. Now I am sure you will never again go back through the palace honorably or unscathed when you speak such scurrilous insults. So did he say, then throwing the stool, he struck his right shoulder low down close to the back, and he stood there just as a stone would, steadfast, nor did antinous missile cause him to stumble. Silently shaking his head, he secretly plotted him evil. Going again to the threshold, he sat there, putting the well-filled knapsack down at his side, and he spoke these words to the suitors. Listen to me, you who of the glorious queen are the suitors, so I can say such things as the heart in my breast is demanding. There is indeed no pain in the heart, nor is there any sorrow, at such times as a man joins battle about his possessions, making defense of his cattle or white-fleeced sheep and is wounded. But Antenous struck me because of my odious belly, cursed and baneful, that gives mankind so many afflictions. But if perchance there be any gods and avengers for beggars, may his ordained death come to Antinous sooner than marriage. Then spoke answering him, Antinous, son of Eupatheus, Stranger, be silent and sit there and eat your food or go elsewhere, lest these youths drag you through the halls for the things you are saying. "'seizing your foot or your hand, lacerating your skin all over.' "'So he spoke, and they all were exceedingly vexed and reproachful. "'Such are the words which one of the arrogant youths would have spoken. "'It was not well, Antinous, hitting the miserable vagrant. "'Cursed you are if perchance he is some god dwelling in heaven.' Yes, it is true that the gods in the likeness of strangers from distant lands take forms of all sorts, then go around visiting cities, keeping a watch on the malice of men, and as well on their fairness. Thus did the suitors address him. He took no heed of their speeches. But in Telemachus' heart was the great grief ever increasing over the blow, but he cast no tears on the ground from his eyelids. Silently shaking his head, he secretly plotted them evil. Meanwhile, soon as the prudent Penelope heard that the man had just been struck in the hall, she spoke to her women attendants. Would that Apollo the glorious archer would strike at the other! Thus did the housekeeper, old your enemy, speak as an answer. "'Yes, if indeed fulfilment would come to the prayers that we utter, "'not one man of them all would arrive at the fair-throned morning.'" Prudent Penelope then spoke answering words and addressed her. "'Hateful they all are, mamma, for they are devising us evils. "'As for Antinous, he is especially like a dark spirit of ruin. "'There is a miserable stranger who wanders about in the palace, "'begging for food from the men, for necessity bids him to do so.' "'Therefore all of the others have filled his knapsack and given. "'This one hit him beneath the right shoulder by throwing a footstool.' "'Such words then she was speaking among her women attendants, "'sitting above in her chamber. "'But noble Odysseus was dining. "'Then she summoned the excellent swineherd, and thus she addressed him. "'Come now, noble Eumaios, and go to the stranger, and bid him come up here.' so that I may befriend him warmly, and ask him whether of steadfast-hearted Odysseus he somewhere has heard or seen anything with his eyes, for he seems a far-wandering person. Then in answer to her you spoke, you Myos, the swineherd. If the Achaeans, for your sake, queen, would at least be silent, such good stories he tells, he would charm the dear heart in your bosom. For in my hut three nights I had him— and kept him for three days, for he had come to me first when running away from a galley. Yet he has not yet finished recounting the tale of his hardships. As when a man keeps watching a singer who learned from the gods his knowledge and skill, and who sings such tales as are pleasing to mortals, they are insatiably eager to listen to him as he sings them, so did this man charm me as he sat close by in my chambers." He informs me that he is a family friend of Odysseus and that he dwells in Crete, where live the descendants of Minos. It is from there he has now come this way, suffering hardships, rolling incessantly forward. He claims to have heard of Odysseus. He is nearby in the fertile land of Thespotian people. He is alive and is carrying homeward plenty of treasure. Prudent Penelope then spoke answering words and addressed him. Go now, summon him here, that himself he can tell me directly. Let those men keep playing their games as they sit in the doorways, or right here in the house, since they are so mirthful of spirit. For their ample possessions are lying untouched in their houses, plenty of bread and sweet wine. These their house servants are eating. Day after day in our house they keep on coming and going, killing for victims the sheep and the sleek fat goats and the oxen. Drinking the glistening wine they revel in festival fashion heedlessly, idly, and much has been wasted, for now there is no man such as Odysseus was to defend this household from ruin. But were Odysseus to come and arrive in the land of his fathers, He, with his son, would avenge the men's violence quickly and surely. So she spoke, and Telemachus sneezed out loud, and the palace terribly echoed around with a sound. And Penelope, laughing, straightway spoke to Eumaios. In these winged words she addressed him, Go as I said now, summon the stranger to come up and see me. Do you not see that my son just sneezed about all I was saying? Therefore not unaccomplished may death soon be for the suitors, all of them, nor may a one ward off his death and his doomsday. Something else I will tell you, and you keep this in your mind now. If I discover that all he says is the truth and unerring, I will attire him in mantle and tunic, the finest apparel. So she spoke, and as soon as he heard it, the swineherd departed, going to stand by Odysseus, In these winged words he addressed him. Stranger and father, the prudent Penelope calls you to go there. She is Telemachus' mother. Her heart enjoins her to question you about news of her husband, although she suffers distresses. If she discovers that all you say is the truth and unerring, she will attire you in mantle and tunic, the clothes that indeed you need above all. Then also, begging for bread through the country, you will provision your belly." Whoever may want to, will give you. Then spoke answering him, much suffering noble Odysseus. I would at once, Eumaios, be willing to tell the whole truth to noble Icarius' daughter, Penelope, thoughtful and prudent. I know well about him, for the same sad fate we have suffered. But I am fearful before this muster of dangerous suitors, whose outrages and violence reach to the iron bright heaven. For even now, as I went through the house, not planning or doing anyone evil, when this man struck me and gave me affliction, neither Telemachus nor any other could offer protection. Therefore, counsel Penelope now to remain in the palace, waiting, in spite of her eager desire, till the hour of the sunset. Then let her ask me about her husband's day of returning, making me sit down nearer the fire, for the garments I wear are wretched, as you yourself know." It was you I first supplicated. So he spoke, and as soon as he heard it, the swineherd departed. Straightway, as he stepped over the threshold, Penelope asked him, Do you not bring him, Eumaios? And what is the vagrant's intention? Does he perhaps fear someone excessively, or is he feeling shamed otherwise in the house? But a bashful tramp is a bad one. Then in answer to her, you spoke, Eumaios, the swineherd. He speaks measure and reason, as anyone else would be thinking, who would escape from the violent actions of men so audacious. But he asks you to stay here and wait till the hour of the sunset. This way also would be for yourself, Queen, greatly the better, speaking alone to the stranger and hearing the story he tells you. Prudent Penelope then spoke answering words and addressed him. "'Not without sense is the stranger's thinking, however it turns out. "'For among mortal mankind there certainly never were any men so presumptuous, "'plotting and practising deeds of such rashness.' "'Thus it was she addressed him. "'The excellent swineherd departed back to the throng of the suitors "'when she had said all she intended. "'Straightway in these winged words to Telemachus he began speaking, "'keeping his head near his.' so as not to be heard by the others. Dear child, I am now leaving to watch my pigs and those other things your living in mine. All these things here are in your care. First of all, see to your own preservation, and keep it in mind lest you be injured, for many Achaeans are plotting us evils. May Zeus cause their destruction before such harm can befall us. Thoughtful Telemachus then spoke out to him, giving an answer. "'Papa, let it be so. You go when you finish your supper. "'But come back in the morning and bring us beautiful victims. "'Meanwhile all these things shall be my care and the immortals.' So he spoke, on a well-polished stool, again sat down the other. When he had quite replenished his spirit with eating and drinking, he set off for the pigs, and departed from courtyard and palace, crowded about with the feasters, And they were enjoying themselves with dancing and song, for the dusk of the day already was coming.